Hello and welcome to NVC IGN's Nintendo Podcast. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis, and today I'm joined by Janet Garcia. Hey. Tom Marks. Hello. And Brian Altano. Hi, how are you? Today we're going to be talking about the fifth anniversary of Amiibo and Smash for the Wii U, as well as some not super surprising sales charts and a whole lot more. So let's get right into it with the fifth anniversary of Amiibo. Brian. Yes. <laughs> I'm also very sad that we couldn't have Pear on this week. So Brian, you're going to have to hold the fort on this one because I did yeah. not fall into the craze. Like No, you're you're <laughs> queuing me up like I'm a... Like I'm a f- a former addict. It was an accusatory Brian. Yeah. Yes, I am. Um, Pear is is uh, very much still addicted. Pear still gets Amiibo. Uh, Pear he Schneider just got has, Incineroar. Yeah, he just got and he got uh, Simon Belmont, which is a really cool looking one. See, they're dragging me back in. <laughs> um, I, when this this show has a has a long history of documenting the sort of the process of what it was like to live through that era, but also attempt to collect them at the time. Um, Amiibo, obviously, were, uh, I, w- I think we can qualify them as a craze at this point because they were tremendously popular. And now not so much, although they still have an audience and they still keep making them. And the quality has actually gotten better and better. But for a while there, uh, sort of married to the launch of Smash Brothers, we got uh, Amiibo pretty regularly. And the shipments for them in traditional Nintendo fashion were completely unpredictable and unreliable and all over the place. And so that led to a lot of us going into stores and being like, hey, uh, do you guys have uh, Rosalina? And the guy at Target being like, what is that? And I'd show him a picture and he'd be like, did you check the baby girls aisle with all the baby toys for little baby girls? Did they really? Yeah. So yeah. it happens. It's okay. I mean, an adult man walks into a Target at seven thirty in the morning to buy like a magical woman action figure. Well, Target is er- open that early. Some are. Wow. Yeah. It's impressive. So, so Logan Plant, our NBC production assistant, actually went in and took some highlights from NBC episodes between November and December of two thousand fourteen. Okay. With some wonderful snippets of your conversation with Jose Otero and Per Schneider Excellent. about what you were doing at that time. So please let's put on your headphones. Okay. And let's, and let's, <laughs> let's travel back in time to 2014 when everyone was very, very obsessed with Amiibo. Nintendo! I understand where people are going through because I had a moment the other day where I snapped and yeah. I was telling this to Jose where uh, I, I started this. I'm like scratching my ear like a crackhead right now. I started a spreadsheet for these damn things you didn't tell to, me that part. to keep track of all of them. And I was like, here's the ones I have already. Here's the ones I pre-ordered and what went where. Right. And then they started going, okay, now there's some of them are retail exclusive. If you want Shulk, you got to go to GameStop. Yeah. GameStop. And awesome. if you want uh, Meta Knight, you got to go to Best Buy. And if you want uh, Lucario, you got to go to Toys R Us. And they said Rosalina is only available at Target. Now, well, they, they announced that, yeah, they but you can't it find yet. it yet. But if you go to Target.com and you type in Rosalina, you get like a Spanish album. <laughs> and it's the, only thing, it's the only thing under that name. And two or three times a day, I've gone in and typed Rosalina on Target.com, and I've seen this thing pop up, and it's a Spanish album. The other day, I go, why am I doing this? I'm 33 years old. I just got married. I don't need this character. All from My wife's going to walk in and be like, who's that? Some girl from Frozen? She doesn't understand who that is. I don't even know why I, why I need this woman, this statuette of a woman holding a star. It makes no sense. But tomorrow, and today three more times, and the next day, I'm going to go in Rosalina. Oh, it's the album again. And I don't know what to do. And it's because I got bit by this collector's bug. Collecting is not easy. 
This is something you, you opt in. You can opt out at any moment. But the problem with Amiibos, and I'll tell you right now, the biggest problem with Amiibos is that just like the trophies in Smash Brothers, the more you have, the cooler they look. Yeah. They look awesome in numbers. If you get one, most people have told me, I bought one Amiibo, I wasn't going to get any. Yeah. Now I have the full set. Yeah, no, for I sure. I went into the store, I blacked out, and I got them all. And I go, like, I can't find Mark. And they go to 15 different places. I read I read something on the internet the other day. Some guy drove 40 miles to find a Marth figurine. Okay. So like, this is crazy. And I have all of these pre-ordered. Oh, this keeps no going. I said, shot in the dark. What if I get an email from Amazon and they're like, due to high demand, we go, blah, blah, blah. And my pre-orders get canceled. So on my way to work this morning in like San Francisco. Can you get me one too, by the way? I'll let you know. Okay. In San Francisco, I'll look for is, you too. It was, up in Marin. It was pouring right. rain this yeah. morning. Yeah. I got, I off, hate, the, I, so I I got off the. Hold on. I got off the train four stops early this morning. I walked into GameStop. I walked over the corner, soaking wet, hat on, hood on, wet, just gross. And I look in the corner, and there's Star Fox, and there's Kirby, and there's God Fox. Link. And I go, none of the new ones are there. And I walk out. And I walked into Target. And I shuffled through everything. This and, is what I'm doing. In and my I walked spare in, time. and none of them were there. And then I get to work. And 20 minutes later, Jose goes, "You want to go to Target? I heard they have them all there." And I was like, "I was just I there." I just got off the phone with the lady. See. What, what's wrong with this is a problem you guys but, are sick but no, only I Nintendo blame, knows I, how to do this to I people I blame you two because I was fine I wasn't gonna buy all it's these a good we band. had this podcast and you guys <laughs> were like in this pact and I got to witness and then I edited the freaking show at home and said you know what I gotta do I that. wanna do it too and if you this happened to you and you're a listener, I'm sorry. I did not know. It did happen because this is a virus that's spreading. And people go, I can't find Marth, so I need him. People yeah. want what they can't have. And no, people are going exactly to the stores. It. They're buying 10 Marths. And they're coming out. And they're like, I got 10 a Marths now. Mine, I just blacked out in there. I don't know what a happened A friend of mine bought four Little Macs yesterday. <laughs> See, I want to punch your friend. Because yeah, <laughs> I don't have one yet. But it's like, it, it was, and by the way, guys, it's exactly like that with Skylanders. <laughs> yep. Where like there's some figure, it's called Fartor, and it smells bad, and you really don't want it. And it's super lame real? in the game. No, I'm making that up. But but like, <laughs> if you can't get him, you want him, right? right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and so can we make a pact here, though, that if one of us finds Rosalina, we'll buy it for the other two I'm totally down for that. If Wait, if, if, so I have to pre-order it for both of you? No, no, not pre-order. If you walk into a Target, oh, you can always fair. cancel a pre-order. What is yeah. happening to this podcast? Oh, my <laughs> God. So what are, the other ex- what are the other exclusive figurines? Hey, I, wa- I want you guys to, just, Jose just I want you guys to commit. I'm totally in. I'm totally in to do okay. that. Yeah. Jose is out then, right. so no, it's just I'm you in. and me? I'm in. Yeah. I'm, right. in. I'm, I'm in. in. I'm in. Fine. Hey, you, if you I'm going to walk into a Target with a hoodie on and then like a big jacket and a beard and, I, 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 and I'm buying one figure and it looks like the girl from Frozen, I might as well buy three. <laughs> so I'm calling stores. And like yesterday, I called Toys R Us. Yeah. And I say, hi. Uh, so I'm calling to see if you have this product Nintendo makes called Amiibo. And I, spell, I always spell it out to A-M-I-I-B-O. She's like, oh, yeah, what's up? And I was like, I'm looking for certain characters. So she goes to the section. So who are you looking for? I'm like, Luigi. And she says, is he blue? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Blue Link, also known as Mars. That's, I was like, that's wait, Luigi. Maybe they had Mars. I, I was scared to ask because I didn't know if she would know. And then she, just, and then she just read off a bunch of names. And when she said Captain Falco, I was like, we'll be right there. <laughs> and I hung up. So that See, was weird. I, so I have, I have some rules to amiibo hunting. Number one is I never call stores. Why don't you call? So yeah. here's the thing. So when Mario Kart Super Circuit came out for the GBA, right? I <laughs> I straight up stalked GameStop and Toys R Us. I would call them up like every 45 minutes for like Super a Circuit? week. Yeah. Because okay. I just wanted the, I wanted a new <laughs> Mario Kart, and I had the GBA, and I was huh. like, "This is great." So I got I called up so much that they started recognizing my voice. So I started inv- inviting friends over. And they're like, "Is and this have, Brian?" Yeah, and I put them on the phone, and I'd be in the background, and be like, 
No, no, the Super Circuit, not Mario, not the other Mario. <laughs> hey, hold on. Yo, no Super Circuit. He's like, I hear him back there. <laughs> so that became a problem for me. So I got, I had to stop doing that. So rule number one is I don't call stores. All right. I'll find out if they have inventory online or I'll walk in myself and look around. Rule number two, I don't go to the same store twice in one day. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's the problem. Then you start getting recognized by the dude who worked the same shift twice in a day. Uh-huh. You get him at the top of the morning and you get him in the afternoon. But, Rule you, but, number, you, but do you go every day then? Once a day? Will maybe? you pass this? If, you're if, going to Target once a no, day? No, if I'm walking by and I see one, maybe, but I'm not going out of the you way. You don't walk by and see them. There's no display, no window or anything. There's, I know, you got to walk in. You go in there looking for something else? Is that how do you, you lie to yourself? You peek in like, when it's like the second time for the day? Like, you peek no, because this, like, this is not like the uh, 80s where they have the storefronts where I could put my hand against no. the glass. And <laughs> That's what I was imagining. That would be a great visual. Yeah. I would like that. You know that Simpsons gif of, of Grandpa Simpson where he walks into the house, he puts on the hat and takes off the hat and walks out? <laughs> I've been doing that at GameStop where I walk in. The Amiibo section's right there. I walk into GameStop on Market Street. And I know a bunch of those dudes there. A bunch of the people that work there, they love they love IGN. They love NBC. They used to come up at noon. Um, and I would I walk in. I look at the Amiibo rack and I walk out the door. <laughs> it's a four-second shopping They all trip. just lean over each other. Don't worry. He just does that every day. <laughs> so, but, like, I, but to our listeners, I, I mean, again, this should serve as a cautionary story. Yeah, you, you know, learn uh, from our mistakes. If you already own some, you're already in. Amiibo. Goodness gracious! Wow, is you, this is this like my last episode? And you guys are saying no. this is like a goodbye to me. <laughs> no, but Brian. Wow. So I didn't realize that most of that would be you. Yeah, I didn't either. That was. Uh, did you follow your own rules? Uh, I did, and then then I then I got out. Um, man, that was an interesting time. First of all, shout out to Jose. I love yeah, that dude. Before we before we dive into the amiibo part of it, I gotta echo Jose there. Super Circuit. Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> which just, is actually my my least favorite Mario Kart in retrospect. I'm just surprised that Frozen is still such a relevant reference. Yeah, like, like I thought we that was back. What you're talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. At least you're hounding GameStop about an actual game and not like pre-order bonus pins for Pokemon Rumble for Wii U, which I did. Yeah, who so, would do such a thing? I did that. It was me. You know what it is, though? <laughs> like, we are we are inherently obsessive collectors because of video games. That's mm. what... Video games train us oh, to no. do that. And then, like, you put these things in the real world, and we're like, I gotta have them. But I have your to point, have them. Your point in that clip about them being, like, Smash Bros. trophies, mm-hmm. right? That they just... Mm-hmm. They do look good together. Yeah. Yeah, there's a power in numbers, right? Yeah. Um, God, it was a weird time. But amiibos, <laughs> amiibos have completely changed from that, mm-hmm. right? Like that. This this is the wild thing about how from then to now, with what amiibos have become and and kind of the 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 roller coaster that they've been on, is it was this obsessive thing, partially because Nintendo was, as you guys explicitly laid out in that clip, uh, it was it was a terrible, terrible system of mm-hmm. like short supply and confusing retailer support and in precise dates of who was going to get what and how much. And it was this nightmare scape of that stuff. And it fueled that it fueled that mania. But then it sort of like dropped off where there was a period where like everyone was like, okay, amiibos are dead. Amiibos are gone. No, no, there was, there was a very specific savior that came in and that is the animal crossing franchise. (laughs) Well, right. (laughs) But what, what I mean is there was this dip where like people thought they were just like, People are over this now. And yeah. what has happened since, and what I really like about Amiibos for the last couple of years, is now they're just sort of like specialty toys that Nintendo makes, and mm-hmm. they're like significantly more low-key, and you know when they're going to come, and they're very more straightforward to get. And they're $3 so, more expensive. That too. But they're but, better too. But they right? they look, are better. They look yeah. a little nicer. Like at least they, they, they have transformed into this thing that is not the like integrated video game toy thing that they were originally pitched as, mm-hmm. but are still like 
like a pretty cool little thing that Nintendo just makes these nice, high quality toys occasionally. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's really awesome because if you look at Nintendo's history of like toy making, despite the fact that they were originally a toy maker, like there actually isn't really a ton of opportunity to pick up figurines or action figures in 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 Nintendo scale, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's Jax, which is the company that makes a lot of kind of like smaller action figures, and they've run the gamut of a lot of very popular Nintendo franchises, including, I think they've done some Pokemon stuff, but like for the most part, like you're not really going to get a figurine of Rosalina any other way, mm-hmm. if that's what you're looking for. So, <laughs> which, you which some of us are, yeah. apparently. But so, the Animal Crossing franchise came around, and that's when they flooded the shelves with all of these characters that were like most, even the most diehard animal crossing fan like me was kind of like, do I really need that beaver? <laughs> you know, yes. like those llamas, man. Yeah, the llamas, the alpacas or whatever they no, are. No one needs those. Yeah. I mean, my, my philosophy with collecting is that like, and this is like, this is all very pre Mary Kondo, but this is like, if you, if it doesn't bring you joy, like throw it away or don't mm-hmm. do it. And so I think my breaking point was I bought, I bought a, a Pokemon one and I was like, I don't even know who this is. <laughs> like, I was like, How? I don't even know who this is. I don't know who this character is. I don't care. I think it was Lucario. I was like, oh, who I was going to guess that. Yeah. This is like a karate rat. Like, what is this what? man? Like, don't, I don't karate I don't really mean to Lucario. I feel like you go out of your way to not learn about Pokemon. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not that you don't know. It's that it's that you're like, it's like you reject the information. Yeah. It's like it tries to go into your mind and it just something blocks he still, it. Up. He still remembers the names of his favorite Pokemon. That's true. Which are? Uh, Garbodor. Uh-huh. And the horse. Gosh. <laughs> close. Right. So close. His name so is close. Mudbrain. Mudbrain. There are That's several right. The sound of a donkey and he plays in the mud. Mudbrain. <laughs> yes. I feel like it's very po- logical with me and Pokemon. It's kind of like that when you skip that day at school, they taught you something important and then you just kind of faked it for the rest of your life until one day it was like, you don't know. How, somebody's like, you don't know how to tell time. And you're like, I wasn't there the day when we learned the big hand and the little hands. I've been looking at digital watches my whole life, but sometimes there's a real clock and it's scary. Shut up. <laughs> the fact that you had that ready to go so immediately raises I, just more questions. That's okay. We, we have a clock in the room where um, my fiance and I play video games. Mm-hmm. Whenever I need to check the time, I look at my phone and he's always like, Casey, there's a clock right there. <laughs> like, why do you have to know? Like, I'm not just, here to show off. I just don't, I don't think about that way to tell time anymore. It yeah, I'm not to trying be... to do a puzzle from the 1800s. I'm just trying to find out what time it is. Yeah, um, I just want the, no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can read a clock. I just choose not to. The only amiibo I've ever owned is the cereal. What? Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. That doesn't count. The cereal box. But it does count. It it's is. the coolest it one. It was, I got it because it was so weird. I had to have it. The only other one I want is, um, I've considered getting some of the Splatoon ones because you guys know I'm a big fan of Splatoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only other one I considered outside of the cereal box was like the giant Yoshi because it's like cool and nice. Right. Uh, same for the small ones too. They're just like really interestingly crafted, which is another thing that was really cool about Amiibo, how they, how Nintendo transformed what you thought an Amiibo could be. Like it was more than just a statue. It could be like a little plushie. It could be a box of cereal. Mm-hmm. And or when that cereal Pikachu. came out, also the thing about the cereal, it was like a two in one. It's like, oh, it's cool because it's an Amiibo. But also I got to know what that cereal tastes like. So right. I I went on like a huge hunt for that cereal. Because so that, many people hunted It was in such like, like the demand and it didn't have like 
they didn't have it anywhere. And then you would just like madly go through. Oh God, I feel like I'm going to get clipped out in like six years now. They'll get you. Now I'm scared. But I would just go to like all these different cereal aisles yep. looking for the cereal. And um, on the NVC Facebook group, I, you know, people were posting about it as well. And one of my friends who I think I actually met him through the NVC Facebook group, uh, Trey, shout out to Trey. Um, he had some extra ones and he was, and he lives in Chicago, um, which is where I'm from originally. He was like, oh, dude, just come through. We have extra cereal for you. We can give you, I think he gave us four boxes, which oh is very God. He had a lot of cereal. Um, <laughs> this is like Paris Pact. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you follow through? I need to know. Did you follow through on that pact? Uh, I believe so. There was a couple times where we were helping each other out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And funnily enough, I also know Trey, in addition from me and through NBC, I was on uh, his podcast, Nintendo Main, uh, which was always a fun show to be on. So we like knew each other through that. So it was also like this weird podcast packed thing mm-hmm. where I like pulled up. I think it was my first time meeting him like in real life as well. And, and I was like, Hey, what's up? Like, he's like, yeah, this is my fiance. Like here's, here's like where I live, but also here's the cereal. And like we got out of the car and it, me and my brother went in. Cause you know, I was like, let's make sure that we don't get murdered. No offense, Trey, but you know, I didn't look like, first time here. And then Maggie just waited in the car and we're like, okay, we're going to go get the cereal. And it was just so weird. It was such I, like an odd. Uh, I feel moment. like, I feel like a dude come, being like, come through. I have eight boxes of Mario cereal. There's a, there's not a, there's not a zero percent chance that you're getting murdered. It sounds like some illicit deal. It does. Yeah. I yeah. remember ordering that cereal. I got it off of Amazon for like $11, which is way more than cereal yeah. costs. And then I sat down and I ate a bowl of it and I'm like, I was like, yeah, Mario cereal. And I took like one bite and I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm not nine anymore. Like I can't have like also, a bowl like, of marshmallows and go to work. The cereal is not that good, but like I wouldn't have known that if I didn't eat the cereal. That's you true. have to have the experience. No, I, I buy like probably one Amiibo a year at this point, which is nice because mm-hmm. it means that instead of collecting all of them, I can just focus on specific ones that I enjoy here and there. Like I bought the Link's Awakening one in a heartbeat because mm-hmm. it's like one of the coolest looking things that Nintendo's ever made. But uh, it, in terms of all the ones they put out the last few years, I haven't at all. And I, I see Pear, he still collects them and it's so funny to me because it just feels like it's it's kind of like going back to like your hometown and like your friend that you grew up with and never moved and is still going to the same bars and restaurants and he's just like yeah I really like it here it's going great and I'm like there's a whole world out there and he's like no, no this is perfect this is all I need but there's no like structured release schedule with these no. things anymore like they sort of show up in bursts like they'll be like here's Simon Belmont and Dark Samus and then like two Pokemon or something like that. Um, and it's completely arbitrary. Yeah, I think the other thing that's kind of weird with the way Amiibo still pops up into the modern era is like through games, of course. So you can use them to like unlock certain things in games. But what's weird, especially, you know, being on the wiki side is we kind of never remember that that's a thing. We're like, oh yeah, like let's check if the Amiibo do this or hey, it says it has Amiibo functionality. Let's like grab all pairs of Amiibos and see yep. what that functionality is. Like that's kind of the cool thing about um, collecting Amiibo as well, even though I don't collect them. Like you never know when you needed them until it's kind of too late, which also, I guess is kind of sad. I'm very glad that Pear collects them because oh, yeah. it helps the wiki team so <laughs> yeah, much. Right like, before I started here, I oh was like, gosh. can yeah. you scan all of these into Yoshi's Crafted World? I think that's Tom what had, it was. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, I, I walked over there one day with my switch which is luckily a portable system and I stood there and I just scanned everything and I remember like scanning stuff into Breath of the Wild also mm-hmm. to get like weird dubious food or whatever he, he even mm-hmm. had the Monster Hunter Stories amiibo like yep. at launch so I was able to use them for the Monster Hunter Stories um, wiki and make a video about it and like a lot of people couldn't do that because he imported them what's interesting about amiibo is the way people collected them obviously some people got just their favorite characters which is i think the healthy thing to do it's more like yeah that's kind yeah. of what i did some people got all of them which is what pear did and some people got all of them and then never opened them which is just like a hundred mm. something amiibo all still in the box they take up 
five times more space doing that. And also you can't use them. It's an investment, Brian. In 10 years, they're going to sell them for Fifteen dollars instead of eleven. Instead of eleven, yeah. Well, so that's no. The, I don't know. Some of them might actually sell for a lot so of money. So weirdly enough, um, Box Boy, uh, mm-hmm. which I believe was J- Japanese exclusive, is the most. It's like the one of the rarest ones. It's one of the most expensive amiibo. But mm-hmm. I, I go to you know we all work a lot of conventions through this job, and I'll, I'll constantly see like there'll be like a, a display rack with just like all the amiibo at like a stand at like a PAX or something like that. And they're all roughly the same price they always were. Mm-hmm. They they still do look really good all together, though. I mean, I never thought about, like, keeping them all in the box. I think Jose was actually keeping them in the box. I don't know if he broke down eventually. Um, Can you imagine opening them all at once? Oh, no. That would, that would be- make a sweet YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, it would. So many mm-hmm. people's, like, destroying ten year, five years of memorabilia oh, by opening be so them. Mad. So, like, weird footnote to this thing is, like, I'm, I'm a father now, and I wasn't when I was in that clip because that would have been a little bit crazier. But <laughs> I have, like, a big case of Amiibo at home, and I was going to – I think I was going to bring them in Salvation Army, and I probably still will someday – but in the meantime, I was kind of like, oh, my kid will love these. And I like every now and then she'll run into the bedroom and point up at the top of like one of our shelves in the, you know, like, like you have like a closet full of clothes and stuff like that and shoved in the corner is this like blue box and she'll point at it and just be like, bah, bah, and I'll just grab it and pull it down and dump it on the floor and she'll play with them for like an hour. That's and like, awesome. she doesn't know any of these characters has no point of reference. Just like her father has no idea who the Pokemon are. <laughs> See, that's wonderful. Cause that's also what the very first smash game was, right? Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was all like a little kid playing mm-hmm. with toys. Yeah. Just giant hands that's coming so in cute. and bashing yeah. them together. So they did find a purpose and eventually I will give them away when she grows out of them. <laughs> She'll never grow out of them. That's her dad did. I hope. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what if she's like, I got to get the rest of them. You got to finish the set. To be fair, it's because her dad. What a horrible movie. Her dad was the dude in that clip I talking know. about it, who's apparently, by his own admission, was scratching his ear like a cocaine <laughs> addict or whatever it was. No regrets. Yeah. No regrets at all. No, I'm glad we we got to do that. That was good to live through that. Yeah. Then, we did get a couple of more comments from uh, our listeners on the NBC podcast forums and also from Pear because he couldn't be here today. Uh, Pear says, I remember the stress of potentially not getting an order in to get one. Pre-orders tended to pop up right when I was in a meeting or even when recording NBC. A few people on staff would Slack and text each other immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really I remember like importing them, too. That was a crazy thing is like mm-hmm. importing stuff and then like spending like $35 on them. And they have like, a, they had an MSRP of like $12.99 or something. Mm-hmm. I think they're $15.99 now. Um, and we would go on like weird dubious Japanese websites and spend like $29.99 plus $14 shipping and stuff. I've done that for things before. They came out with like a, a special Christmas edition Alolan Vulpix one year and mm-hmm. I desperately wanted it and I expected to get it as a present and I didn't. Ooh. So then I went and bought it for myself for twice as much on eBay because <laughs> I wanted it that bad. So uh, but, but if but you again, really, really want something, just the eBay, The eBay scene around, uh, around Amiibo was crazy yeah. too. Scalpers like all over the place. Right, but again, that's that's not kind of the world we live in now with Amiibo. Mm-hmm. Like now, it's interesting. It's pretty with, readily available. Yeah, with Pear's collection, now that he has all of them, it's actually fairly simple to continue that, right? Because right. they're really clear about what's coming out and and kind of they'll give a date about when and they're not as often these sort of limited supply, gotta pre-order it, you'll, you'll never get it sort of mm-hmm. things. So now that he's like done it, 
he can just continue, he can maintain that much easier than especially the beginning of the days when you guys were making blood pacts about Rosalina. Yeah. I mean, I think it's still, I, I mean, obviously I think there's less people buying them, uh, cause the crisis died down a lot, but there's also, I think it's easier to get them. I don't think it, it's, it's as much of an insane rush. Yeah. Um, and we keep talking about the quality of them. They really have gone up like mm-hmm, that first, have. that first wave of uh, link with, we used to call it the P stick. He had this like oh, yeah, yeah. he had this yellow support column connected to his oh, leg, right? And it was so it was like, why is this yellow? And then like Diddy Kong was sitting on like a or Donkey Kong sitting on like a blue ice block, like they were scoped very weird. Yeah. And then eventually they they got a they got a, the quality got a lot better, and they they did the they did a really good job of hiding sort of the support columns for them. Mm-hmm. So I do have a few mm-hmm. more memories to go through before we move on. Um, this one is from a, a lot of people commented on how they went to go get Rosalina during a snowstorm. So I don't, I'm not familiar with snowstorms, but actually, no, I am. I got snowed in once and I didn't want to ever want to experience that ever again. So, yeah. uh, good on you guys for dealing with snowstorms well, to go get Rosalina. It's because she's the person from frozen, right? Uh, oh that my is true. gosh. Yeah. She has those powers. That's it. So Luis Rodriguez Artero, um, says, I remember listening to the podcast episodes where the guys discuss their amiibo adventures and I was driving around stores to get my own kind of felt like an amiibo support group, but biggest amiibo memory has to be waking up early on my day off. So I could go to target in the middle of a snowstorm just so I could get, try to get Rosalina on a launch day. And there is another one from Patrick Hughes is standing and shivering outside a target one early winter morning, realizing I was doing all of this to buy a figurine of a space princess. Mm. And, um, this one's from Brandon Pruitt. He says, leaving to my closet, leaving, leaving to my closest at midnight and waiting all night. It was Robin and Lucina. So I was worried they would sell out. I bought two of each and wound up scoring a trade with a guy for Meta Knight whom I had missed. It was a great day. Ooh. It's so nice. This is all just so wholesome and nice. Um, Sita Navas says, their favorite amiibo memory was waiting in line at Toys R Us with a mom clearly there to pick one up for her kid. And she was wondering what in God's name was a Diddy Day. <laughs> <laughs> I think even the most hardcore Kirby fans could not tell you what in God's name is a DDD. I know what a King DDD is. Mm-hmm. That's his a, name, right? It's like a bird. He's a penguin. That is a penguin. Big, yeah. old, big old balloon penguin. Yeah. yeah. Agree to dis- uh, disagree. Yeah. We'll see and what happens. This there. last one from He's Martin. He's also a pro wrestler. Yeah, with a mallet. Our yeah, next maybe. memory. Who knows? <laughs> and a bathrobe. A lot of questions. It's really. A, it's a throne robe because he's a king. I think it's a bathrobe. Yeah, yeah watch the throne. <laughs> Gosh. And this last one is from Martin Riggenbach. He says, for me, it was a sense of community engaging with other fans that I really remember. That is why I started the NBC Amiibo group as a place to share and meet new people without the scalpers and manipulation. It worked, too. I met a lot of great people. Hmm. Yay. Yay. Thank you, guys, for sharing your Amiibo memories. And now on to some news. Hey, there's lots. There's kind of lots of news. None of it's super big, um, but we do have the um, opening UK sales numbers for Pokemon Sword and Shield, and they're kind of incredible. Yeah, they're I mean, very high. Yeah. Um, so Pokemon Sword and Shield is num- in the top ten. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield is taking the number one slot as po- for Pokemon Sword, the number three slot for Pokemon Shield, and the number seven slot for the dual pack. So this is in the UK, right? And this is in the yeah. UK. Um, it's the third biggest Nintendo retail launch in UK history. That's um, Nintendo, yes. not just Switch or Pokemon. Yeah, no, Nintendo. Nintendo. Wow. And it's the biggest Nintendo Switch retail launch ever, beating Super Smash Brothers um, Ultimate. And that's really surprising. Yeah, and it also um, Sun and Moon and Wii Fit are the ones that are beating it in the Nintendo list. Um, not hmm. super surprising. Um, this there's this 
might be a couple of reasons. So 3DS, there are a lot more systems out there than Switch, which is another reason why this is so surprising. Mm -hmm. And also Sun and Moon came out on a Wednesday and Sword and Shield came out on a Friday. Mm -hmm. So it had an extra two days of sales. Um, And this is also crazy because Switch sales in the UK rose by 30% during the week that Sword and Shield came out. Interesting. That's hardware sales? Yeah. Oof. Crazy. Yeah. Gonna close that 3DS gap, I guess. Yeah. yeah, right? I'd be interested in seeing how many Pokemon software launches sort of coincided within the window of a new hardware launch as well. Mm-hmm. Like seeing a dedicated Switch Lite. I mean, I feel like almost every Pokemon game at least got like a, a 3DS or a DS special edition, right? Mm. Or at least a lot of them did. A lot of them did, yeah. yeah. So I the, don't think Sun and Moon did. The interesting mm-hmm. thing about, about that. Interesting thing about that stat, though, because I was reading that those numbers too, and Actually, the best-selling Switch in that period for that 30% bump from Pokemon was the normal, longer battery life version of the normal Switch, not the Switch Lite. Right. So it it seems like, at least from you could infer from that, that a lot of people were just buying a Switch for Pokemon, like buying their first Switch for Pokemon. Which is probably a good opportunity to say that if you are holding out on buying a Switch for Black Friday... Be careful which one you buy mm. because the official price dropped one that Nintendo is selling with Mario Kart is the original version of the Switch that doesn't have the extended battery life. That's kind so of that is lame. a really good PSA and yeah. is also very lame. Yeah, it's kind Gosh. of a bummer. It's like look for the look for the Switch with the red box. That's the one you want that has very extended battery life. Obviously not an issue with the Switch Lite because that's its own thing. Uh, but the official bundle that they're doing with Mario Kart for two ninety nine, which is not even really a great deal, is <laughs> No. Yeah, I'm just throwing shade Tomorrow. everywhere. Um, it is the uh, it's it's you know it's it's no super circuit. And <laughs> but w- while we're, we're while we're on Black Friday deals, there is actually a Walmart Black Friday deal um, that has a Switch Lite plus Pokemon and a case for two hundred and thirty eight dollars and ninety nine cents. That rules, which is a really good deal. It's out of stock right now, but they'll probably restock it. Yeah. So just like keep an eye on that if you are in the market for a Switch Lite and Pokemon. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 always good to remember that. Black Friday starts on November 1st now. Mm-hmm. So uh, yep. basically you're going to already start seeing these deals come out and mm-hmm. it's it's just gonna, they're just going to get more and more frequent as we go into the end of next week. Yeah, and then adding to what Brian pointed out, if you're buying a used or refurbished Switch, you can check if it is the, the original Switch model or the new one by looking at the serial number and you can just look up. Uh, we have a wiki page on like the Switch Lite versus the, or the Switch regular versus the new Switch regular that says the serial number on it. That's awesome. I had no idea that was a thing. It makes perfect sense. On the Pokemon numbers, it's mm-hmm. really interesting now that we've seen both of sort of what I think of as like two of the big flagship Mo- Nintendo mobile franchises coming to Switch. It's interesting to see both of them find a lot of success on a home console because mm-hmm. that was a big question, right? Was like, is the Switch going to be too expensive or is it going to lose this kind of primarily mobile, cheaper handheld audience? Is it going to find a new audience? Is it going to be more popular? And I think we just have an answer that like, yeah, these games can thrive on Switch. Like they really, really... They're system sellers. Yeah, they are. And they, and this, any sort of fears that people had about like those mobile games making the Switch just from like a financial success standpoint is kind of ended up being unfounded a little bit. Now, from the moment we saw the MSRP for the Nintendo Switch, I think a lot of us theorized like that's way too high for sort of an entry level kids handheld. Um, but I think like with, with deals, with sales, with the switch Lite, with there's, there's multiple ways to interface with that and just kind of bite the bullet and spend the 200, 300 bucks and play Pokemon. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I've I've personally bought systems just for Pokemon as well. Like the Game Boy Color I asked for because all of my friends were playing Pokemon and I asked for a 64 because of Pokemon Snap. And I can't, after that, I probably just bought Nintendo systems. Actually, yeah, I've just bought Nintendo systems when they came out the day they came out ever since mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. which is a lot. But yeah, like thanks Pokemon for having me yeah. buy my systems and play Ocarina of Time. But um. I don't know. It's not, it's not surprising that it sold that well. No, um, and I, I wonder, and I wonder if it skews the UK numbers at all because it's set in the UK and maybe that made people more interested in it. Oh, regional bias. Yeah. Regional, regional Pokemon bias. I don't think that's actually a thing. No. I think that's totally <laughs> unfounded upon. But. It, it would be really, it would be really interesting to actually look at that though. A, like in a, in a actual scientific mm-hmm. way of like looking at sales by region. I don't know how much of that data is publicly available to that sort of granularity but like mm-hmm. it, it would be really funny to see now we won't have north american launch numbers for npd until the first week of december yeah mm-hmm. um and that's gonna be interesting too because that's going up against a bunch of really big holiday games star wars death Stranding well, had, this, had its debut in the uk this one pokemon sword and shield went up against star wars as well and star yeah. wars jedi fallen order was number two on the sales list yeah it, that's crazy and that's a multi-platform game mm-hmm. it both beat and lost to star wars yeah because oh, yeah. shield was three and sword was one yeah, what happened? So I guess Sword's the more, the more popular, right? That was yeah. never going to be a not, question, yeah. though. Yeah, but not in the IGN office, because you know what we did when we needed to find a copy of Sword? We didn't. We did, but only one person <laughs> out of everyone in the IGN office has Pokemon Sword. Is wow. it Jonathan Dornbush? No, it's a Bo. Oh. Yeah, hmm. but everyone else has Shield. Oh, interesting. Yep. Because yeah, we I, like, I we like unicorns, I guess. Magic Horse. <laughs> mm. Magic Horse beat it out. Um, so moving on, uh, and kind of... Not, I don't know how I feel about this, but Animal Crossing Pocket Camp gets a subscription service. Um, we don't really know a whole lot about it, even though if you're listening to this on Thursday on November 21st, it's already out. It was just kind of announced as allegedly, as allegedly coming on po- Pocket Camp Club, mm-hmm. and it lets you appoint an animal as a camp caretaker, and the other gets you fortune cookies and access to warehouses to store furniture and clothing. There's probably more details about that out right now, but as of the time of us recording the show we don't know yet but that's a thing that is out now and i don't know how i feel about that because mario kart deluxe not mario kart deluxe but mario kart on the phone mm-hmm. tour had a mario kart tour thank you had a subscription service that didn't do a lot for me i wasn't interested yeah i did the free trial for it um if they're doing a free trial for this, I'd be interested in looking at it. I actually played a ton of Pocket Camp in the first few months. I think it was the sort of like sour taste that the previous Animal Crossing, mm-hmm. Happy Home Designer, and then the weird board game one, Amiibo Festival. Mm, yeah. A- AKA the killer of Amiibo. I liked Happy Home Designer. It was okay. I mean, that that's, they basically. But it's not like an animal, it's not like a full yeah. Animal Crossing game by any means. Yeah. And I feel like um, uh, the Pocket Camp was sort of a step in the right direction, but they quietly sort of kept populating that game with more and more kind of nefarious, icky mobile stuff. And that really pushed me away. There was a lot of like, sort of like randomized, you know, oh. like almost like loot crate stuff. Um, I just, I just found it to be kind of boring because the whole thing was just, it was, you were just clicking. You just, the whole goal was just to talk to people yeah, and to gather things so you would just go to an area and talk to people and go to an area and talk to people to make yeah, sure that I, you were spending your resources appropriately. I think it, it removed a lot of the really interesting sort of connecting tissue that makes Animal Crossing fun. Um, Animal Crossing is not just giving somebody a fruit because they asked for it. It's yeah. also like walking across town and on your journey there being like, 
oh, a bug I don't have yeah. or like, oh, it's raining or there's a present or, you know, or like going to the train station, going to your friend's towns, like all that stuff was removed for essentially four microcosmic environments that you could tap between. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of villagers that would be like, hey, I need a, a, a shoe. And you'd be like, oh, here's a shoe. And you'd be like, thanks, here's this. Did I, they release more info yes, while in the middle of the show? <laughs> no, yeah, there is there is some more info. Uh, so there's two serv- or two plans. Okay. One that is called the Happy Helper Plan, which will be $3 a month, $2.99 USD a month. Uh, that essentially gives you a, you can assign a villager to be your town caretaker, and they'll basically fulfill requests and give you rewards for while you're away. So like help play the game, kind of like cookie clicker almost when you're gone. Uh, and that's $3 a month. And then there's another plan and th- th- these come with other benefits as well. Like that has leaf tickets that come with it. And the other one is $8 a month. Ooh. And that one is called the cookie and depot plan, uh, which will, it's a lot more money obviously, but it gives you five fortune cookies a month of your choice from a special new members cookie members only cookie shop goodness gracious and then it also gives you the warehouse that can store up to 5000 additional items um and items. will give you again <laughs> leaf tickets fortune cookies other things uh, and both and this is kind of an interesting thing to me people who subscribe to either of them will get uh that says this is, I'm sorry, I'm reading a news article from AnimalCrossingWorld.com, so thank you guys for that. But it says, all members will get severely reduced crafting times. Nintendo's mm. example is a 24-hour am- amenity crafting time becomes only 30 wow. minutes. Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's so 24 in- hours down to 30 ridiculous. minutes. Yeah. So essentially, these are a lower price plan and a higher price plan for, like, just getting you free stuff, making your game easier, or doing stuff while you're gone, speeding things up. It's pretty much what you might expect. Yeah. I don't like that. $8 is a lot of money. One thing I will say that I actually really enjoyed about Animal Crossing Pocket Camp, and I haven't played a whole lot of Animal Crossing stuff, admittedly, because I was like, let's do New Leaf. And then I'm like, I'll just wait for the next one. But then it's like, when's the next one? I'm like, I could have played New Leaf in this time. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know if that's ever happened to y'all, because that, that was kind of a waste of a lot of time. <laughs> but I, I played Pocket Camp a lot. Uh, and the thing I really loved about Pocket Camp was just like doing the customization stuff. Like, obviously, the gameplay was a lot more trivial than it is in a mainline game, but I really enjoyed just like trying to make my little RV look cool and like arranging where everyone would sit and like Mm -hmm. picking out the little stuff and going for different themes. And that's the part that I was really into. Um, I played it for like maybe like a month or two. Like I was pretty into it. Um, I taught at the time. Some of my students were also playing playing the game. So I would talk to them about that sometimes. Um, And yeah, it was just kind of like a fun little taste of something. It was like something to do. Um, One problem with the game though, with which is a lot of these mobile games um, that, well, a lot of games that are made by companies that maybe don't make a lot of mobile games, I guess, because I don't want to say that like, oh, all mobile games have this problem because I've played plenty of mobile games that are wonderful. Mm -hmm. Most of those games are not Nintendo mobile games. Um, A lot of these are like very like time-based and like very limited. It's kind of almost like, you, you have to be playing, to get a lot out of these games, you have to be playing them all the time and like babysitting them all the time and checking in all the time and, I do not have the time to nope. do that or the right. desire to do it. Um, that is the one nice thing about at least you can kind of buy your way out of it. But for that price point, like $8 a month, you can get way better stuff for $8 a month. Like I would not pay $8 a month. I wouldn't even pay $3 a month. Yeah. I mean, I think this is specifically for the hardcore people who are still playing it yeah. in the yeah. same way that like Amiibo price went up and a lot of people didn't bat an eye because those people were were still in, embedded in that community and they still want every part of it. Here's a question. Do we think it's bad that they have this as an option? 
I mean, it, it's in. It scares They're just me. adding it to the game. Yeah, it. It. I'm less upset about it in the game. This game specifically, because like Brian said, like I'm not playing this game consistently, and the people who are and are willing to spend this money and are getting that enjoyment out of it might enjoy that. And clearly, unless they go through and they rebalance the game so that it's just not fun and not playable unless you have this service, like I don't really see much fault in it existing. Right. Mm -hmm. What scares me more is the fact that Marker Tour had this, and everyone was kind of like, this is dumb. And Nintendo's, not response, but next step was to add another subscription plan to another game. They were probably already working on this. A hundred percent they were. were. like, well, this is already happening too late. I, yeah. we've, all, I think, we've all been there. I yeah. think they were absolutely <laughs> working on it already. Like, there's no way you can just make a thing like this in the time between tour and now. Right. But it it does show that they didn't see the reaction or the response to tour mm. as a net negative right they saw it as a net positive they saw it as a thing where they were like well you know probably some people didn't like this but we got these benefits from it or people did like it who used it or whatever they took from it i don't know the exact lesson but clearly they looked at that and they didn't see we should not do this and and you can take that as you will it's just like a little interesting that that's the message being sent kind of subtly here. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely, and we've mentioned this before, they're definitely still trying to find their cadence with how to ship and sell a mobile Nintendo game. Yeah. And sometimes that's for Mario run. It was $10. You get everything unlocked. Don't ever have to worry about anything again. And then for other games, like, you know, you, you had to keep paying a little bit to kind of move the thing along. Um, Animal Crossing, I, I would have loved to give that game money in the first few weeks and months and there really wasn't any reason to and then they started adding a lot of sort of like randomized microtransaction stuff with the with the weird fortune cookies and that's when i bailed um and we did a we did an episode of fast travel in belgium where they had outright banned the microtransactions in that mm -hmm. game um there's obviously some places in the world are straight up are like that's gross it's gambling for children we don't want it and we're not touching it and i do not fault them for that because i do think there is some sort of nefarious practice behind that every now and then well if you're playing animal crossing camp uh, pocket camp and you appreciate this edition please let us know i'm curious to hear what people who have been actively playing feel about this because right. i haven't so same i don't know um Lastly, in news, uh, the Game Awards 2019 nominees have been revealed. Uh, Smash Ultimate is nominated for Game of the Year because it came out so late last year it was not included in the nominees. And also, the category defined as the best game appropriate for family play, um, the best family game basically, is Luigi's Mansion 3, Smash, Mario Maker 2, Ring Fit Adventure, and Yoshi's Crafted World. And all of those nominees are Nintendo games. Which I guess I'm not surprised. I mean, when I think about Nintendo games, I can't really think nothing else comes to mind immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I also wouldn't call Ring Fit Adventure a oh, family not. game. You're right. It's not a family game. That's that is weird not for children. This category is definitely always, um, you know, in the years of the Game Awards has been a thing, which I'm not actually sure when it started, to be honest. Um, but Nintendo always dominates this category. And this is definitely one of the categories of the Game Awards. Um, that I'm not really sure what's up with it. Uh, as Casey said, <laughs> like it's 
appropriate for family play. But yeah, nothing about Ring Fit Adventure. Like even though it was kind of marketed as like pass the ring and then like and then your friend will work out and no then one, like you'll be waiting to do squats on the side. Yeah, like that no one wants to do that. Yeah, in I don't want to do that. Uh-huh. No one wants to play Ring Fit and be like, yes, watch me work out. And when I get tired, I'll take off the strap and give you the Ring Fit, which I just sweat all over. And now you can sweat all over it instead yeah. right yeah. after me. Um, no one wants to Louise do that. And Luigi's Mansion 3, a game I absolutely adore that you totally can play co-op. I'm like, I mean, I guess it's a family game because it has co-op and I guess Smash, you know, has co-op and Mario Maker 2 I, I mean I, all of these games have n- co-op none, yeah so it was, it's just a, I'm like I guess it's just like a co-op game that doesn't involve like gruesome murder mm-hmm. pretty, pretty much Although that sounds like what the cop the <laughs> thing is except for Ring Fit which I don't even, I don't know so, yeah, and I mean, Luigi's I think, Mansion which yeah. has dead mm-hmm. people everywhere I, I'm not against having this <laughs> as a category I just feel like the <laughs> what we're looking for here isn't like super fleshed out the cute it's like the cute ghosts, game with multiplayer category yeah that's and a good way of putting it <laughs> and Ring Fit yeah um, I guess they were confused on where to put Ring Fit Adventure I am glad to see like it's it's awkward because it's like I I love Ring Fit Adventure so much and I would love for it to get something but I'm like oh I'm not it's I don't think it should get this either mm-hmm. so it's kind of like oh the best fitness game it's a funny category this is no no hate intended towards the game awards whatsoever it's just like a funny category to see or these games they're all great games i think i think if you looked at any category and the the nominees were five games made by the same company no matter the company it would be kind of weird and like this is especially where some of the things like ring fit is like literally a single player workout game is just like that's i don't know i do think it is a bummer that because, you know, these nominations are, like, made by people in the industry. And I guess it kind of sucks that, like, it isn't, like, other publishers and developers don't come to mind for family games. Like, I guess I'm like, maybe there's yeah. not enough family games out there. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, like, credit to Nintendo for making things that are, you know, friendly for all ages and friendly yeah, for families. Definitely. And, and involve co-op. Like, there's not enough couch co-op out there. And I'm glad that Nintendo does offer those experiences and Ring Fit Adventure. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so it's like, I don't know, it's kind of a weird moment, like, shout out, but also I'm confused, but also those are good right, games. Right, So real quick, which one out of these would you choose to be the best family game? Probably Smash Brothers. I feel Probably. like that. Yeah, that's got, that's sort of like, you can play that game with all the bumpers on and make mm-hmm. it easy and fun and, yeah. you know, like, you, kids can kick their dad's ass and stuff especially, like that. Especially since they patched in uh, co-op support for spirits. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Smash Bros, but don't go to the stage, the created stages, because there's some not oh, family yeah, no, stuff in there. Not yeah. family friendly. <laughs> uh, Luigi's Mansion would probably be in a way. Uh, I guess it'd be Yoshi's Crafted as a, my like runner up. But to be honest, the co-op in Yoshi's Crafted is kind of kind of broken. Like it's yeah, way it too easy to too eat easy. you. Like it's like insane. Um, and then Luigi's Mansion is probably a little bit, depending on the age, maybe too complex. But I mean, if right. you're Luigi, you don't you don't have You'd to. You'd be surprised the complex things I figured out as a child that I go back oh, to yeah. play now, and I'm just like, how did I For ever sure. find figure that out without the internet? For I sure. Just, like clarifying statement, like I think kids are a lot more capable than a lot of people want to give them credit for. Like I'm not saying that if you're five, you wouldn't be able to play that game. I just mean that depending on you know it varies because different kids have different levels of like gaming skills at various ages so yeah. that one's just a little bit more complex than like Yoshi's Crafted World we're Lot, just going uh, left to right lots of debates here but I think it's important that we all agree that Ring Fit is not a good <laughs> game to play with your dad yeah I totally agree <laughs> yeah gosh I, I'm 
I'm just not going to go there. I just, had jokes. No, I'm not, nobody, I had no, so many. No, nobody wants to get your dad's sweaty like strap and just it's not worth it. Just don't do it. And then move on. play move the on. games yeah. that we've mentioned before that I'm move not going to repeat. But oh, anyway, exactly. um, Fire Emblem Three Houses was only nominated for um, best strategy game. Yeah. But like, I'm sorry. The narrative. I'm yeah, sorry. best narrative, best it's story. Been a re- it's been a real good year for games. I think right. the problem here, and the reason I say I'm I'm sorry like twice into the microphone and once in a creepy whispered way, is uh, <laughs> I feel like in in part at fault because I didn't play that game, so like I mm. can't vote for it. Like I know it's a dope game, but like I didn't play it. I don't know that I feel that way about it. So I think that's kind of the and that is the challenge with um, I'd say awards from whether it's the game awards or like websites. It's like who played enough of this game to Mm -hmm. fight for it. And sometimes that's just not there. So, um, yeah, I think if anything, like the fact that it's only been nominated for one thing just makes me like it's a reminder for me personally to be like, I got to step my stuff up and play more games from more genres because I should have at least had something to say about this. And I didn't. I I think there's also kind of a inherent bias that comes with how recent something is. Um, And Fire Emblem might be just outside of the window for some of people's admittedly short-term memory when it comes to recapping a year. Uh, my big thing was that Link's Awakening wasn't nominated for Game of the Year. Eh. Why is nobody agreeing with me on this? I, I was not expecting four seconds of awkward silence there. I'm, I'm just going to continue how, to stay very quiet. How dare you, you and, all? You and Zach still haven't had your your, your furious No, he had it without me it. like a coward. Yeah. Yeah, so Zach. We'll, we'll meet again, Zach. <laughs> if I finish the game, I can also fight you alongside Zach. You should finish the game. It's, I, I feel it's like a game I, of the year nominee. Because I played that game to write the walkthrough, it's very hard for me to look at it critically at all. Oh. So. I'm with nice, you on that. Nice save, Casey. No, it's I. It's just how it is sometimes. Like sometimes when I play a game for features and how-tos, I can play most of the game normally. But when I do a walkthrough, it's impossible. Like the only thing I can co- I can comment on is like if it works and if the combat felt good and was fun. Yeah, and like it's like- it's it's like <laughs> it's really hard to get drunk when you're wine tasting, you know, because you're like right, well, I, you're taking hard, notes. hard disagree on both of those <laughs> things. If you're, if you're trying to succeed at wine tasting, as someone who's constantly I, I too drinking have challenged wine, my own statement on that. As so. someone who's constantly drinking wine and writing guides, sometimes at the same time, I would say yeah. But actually, on that note, I gotta head out because I have a meeting. But. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, it's been Janet. it's been an hour quick, since you've had you wine. So yes, very quickly. What is your favorite new Pokemon? Because people want to know. Oh, oh, I don't know. Slack I do me. like I do like the one that you like a lot. Okay, I guess I can say it now. Yeah, you can say it now. Appleton. Appleton. Appleton's real good. Appleton. Appleton. What is an Appleton? Oh, and I kind of I don't know. I like a lot of the new Pokemon. Oh, I like um the the evol- well like Galarian Rapidash is also yeah. really cool. Uh, which isn't too surprising because the Ponita is really good. But the rapid ash is like, well, you can't, really good. can't spoil that. I'm okay. We're not going to show it to you. I want to, I want to read the Pokedex entry. Think you should. Gosh. I think it's too early. Okay, no. Don't do it. Uh, I think but it's, it's only been like yeah, it's probably uh, not. It hasn't been okay. a week. We're, we're gonna good, spoil this we next have, week. We have a cool video that you should plug, but I actually do have to walk out because okay. I'm, I'm late. Um, by the way, I beat Kirby's Dream Course and it's a good game. I know that take is very late, but it's very good. I will tweet about it. At Game Onesis, if you want to get like this, get in this Kirby's Dream Course discourse, I got you. Thank okay. you for finishing that and not Link's Awakening. 
I know. This, your time is limited, so or definitely Fire Emblem. Play, play the f- fancy golf game from 40 hey, years ago. It has a rerun feature, so it was a lot easier to play. Yeah. Plus, one of those two games holds so it's up. It's not because Link's Awakening. How dare you? Hey, I th- I, I'm not saying Link's Awakening was bad. I think it was good. I had fun, but okay. also I was stopping every 30 seconds to write the incredibly complicated directions on how to destroy all the pillars in Eagle's Tower. Like, example, I have. Which oh. sucks. I have a list of friends, and I have a big fat sharpie, and I know some names to cross out after this episode. Brian, it's not true. I wouldn't do that to you guys. I love you guys. You guys are great. I'm staying just quiet enough to stay on the list. You're, you're I got beef with you, Tom. <laughs> you and me have talked about. We don't have to get into it. You and me have talked about my problems with Link's Awakening. Okay, my, we, you and me have talked about my problems we'll, with you. We'll Tom. go back. So during the episode <laughs> where we do a Nintendo retrospective, we we can debate. Let's have a live. Let's do our live rank, Nintendo ranking as an episode. Let for, us know if that sounds like a good idea. For, for what? For the year? For the year. Ooh, that's a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You, I, I think it's a good idea, mm-hmm. but it's my idea. So what's maybe your, I'm biased. I guess we'll have. I'll, I'll, what's your favorite Nintendo game this year? We'll talk about that. Yes, we'll later find out soon. We'll find out soon. Spoiler alert. Um, so out this week, um, I don't. I think. So I haven't been able to play any of these games, obviously, because I've been working on the Pokemon Wiki, but we have Garfield Kart Furious Racing. You didn't yeah. have time to play Garfield Kart Furious Racing? I didn't. It's a funny week. I'm not going to lie in yeah. terms of releases when I was putting this together. Yeah. And we also have Children of Morta, which, Brian, you've been able to play a little bit? Yeah, I played a little bit of it. Uh, it's really good. It's um, a sort of top-down hack-and-slash RPG that feels like a little bit uh, mana-like but uh, definitely doing its own thing. It's a little bit darker. I found like the traversing the environments to be like a little bit cumbersome because the, the, the art kind of melts together a little bit. It's really gorgeous pixel art, but it sometimes gets a little too dense for its own good. Um, but it's definitely interesting. I'm going to keep playing it. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty early on, but I like it a lot. Children of Morta is a bit, because it came out on PC earlier this year. Um, it's a bit of a sleeper 2019 hit. It's a game that... A lot of people like, especially on Steam, and just kind of doesn't get talked about very much because it's been a busy year. And I mean, like, this was a game that people have been looking forward to, I think, for like a year or two now, right? At least. And uh, it's one that if you're looking for something sort of like off the beaten path that you might have a good time with, like, you should probably just take a look at it at least. Yeah, I think porting it to switch the week of Pokemon was probably not the best plan. That, right. I feel like that mm-hmm. took that just can to- totally controlled the entire conversation. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like when you look at your switch and you, there's a big square icons and you're like, what do I play? And Pokemon just came out. That's probably the one that's dominating. Yeah. Yep. A hundred percent. And then we also have Narcos rise of the cartels, um, which I'm that, sort of interested in. Is that off based off the Netflix series? It is. Yeah. It's based off the Netflix series and it's basically an XCOM clone based off of the Netflix series. It does not have great reviews on steam. Oh, it's a uh, it's not got terrible ones, but it's it's just like an interesting, notable one for sure this week. Yeah, I love I, that show, and I was looking for like some strategy shooting thing on my Switch, and I was interested in that one, but I'll So pass. is Netflix just making games yeah. for all of their exclusives? Yeah, and a lot of them are ending up on Switch. Yeah. Like The Witcher. Oh. I'm kidding. That's... <laughs> No, there's a, there's a Stranger Things game. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like there's been a couple more. They should have... make a Santa Clarita diet visual novel and bring that show back. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> we also have Black Future 88 yeah. coming out on the 22nd. It's kind of um, like a platformy, bullet hell, roguelike, cyberpunk. Let's just throw some more buzzwords, keywords in there. 
but it's it's one that I've had my eye on for a little bit. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but it's it looks real stylish and cool. I'm hoping it's as good as it looks. All right. So we know what games are coming out this week, but what are you playing? Everyone knows what I'm playing. What are you guys playing? Pokemon. Uh, I started Pokemon, and then I also went back to Ring Fit, which oh. has been really interesting. I also have been keeping up with Ring Fit. Yeah. You know what I think it was? Halloween. I think yeah. that the idea of adults eating candy multiple times a day for like a three week window <laughs> is bad <laughs> as much as it feels good. Um, and I think a lot of us were like, oh no, time to exercise again. Mm-hmm. So I jumped back in there. It's also like it has, the weather's been really unpredictable in San Francisco. And so I haven't really felt like going outside and running around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really like Ring Fit. I played it for a few days when it first came out and like all things exercise gave up. And uh, I'm returning to it and I enjoy it. It was weird because when I booted it up, it was like Per Schneider gave you like 140 coins. And I was like, what does that mean? Can you see me exercising? What's going on here? <laughs> we we were going to do our retros or like look back on a month of wearing fit today. And it's obviously not happening. Yeah. But because I was not consistent enough with it. I think I I played it 13 times in the last month. So over four weeks, I played it. I played 13 13 workout sessions. It's actually not bad. Mm -hmm. 13 workout sessions. It was like they were between 10 and 15 minutes of actual exercise, which is probably equates to maybe like 30 to 45 minutes of actually actual playing the game. Um, As you can see, I look exactly the same because uh, (laughs) exercise is not as important as what you eat. And I ate a lot of trash because Halloween and Thanksgiving is a bad time to try and get fit. I this learned. is usually the time of the year where you can get a little lax and then just do a, is, I, I do a cleanse in January and I'm, I'm back on my, when dish. I was reviewing Pokemon, I ate curry three times in a week. Like that's on brand though. Right. Isn't that a thing? It, the, Wait, what type of curry? Uh, I had Indian curry once and Japanese curry twice. Oh, that's, 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 that's curry twice then. Cause Indian curry and Japanese curry are very different things. It's curry. Mm. It has curry in the name. Like if one of those was Japanese curries was also like Thai yellow curry. I would say those are three different meals. That's not that bad. When I was in Brussels, <laughs> I had French fries three times in one day. That's bad. <laughs> that's curry three times in a week is whatever. French fries three times in a day is a problem. I had curry last night and for lunch. I really, really like curry. It's delicious. Yeah. And it's, I usually don't eat that much, eat out that much ever. I maybe eat out once a week Mm -hmm. and eating out is very bad for you. But you know, when I'm at home and have a lot of work to do and I don't feel like cooking, it's like, well, I either don't eat or I order takeout and hope they deliver it to me. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Um, but yeah, I think ring fit is great. Um, I have noticed myself getting better at the movements and it made me aware of some uh parts that I should be exercising more that I don't choose to <laughs> that was like, a big one for me too yeah. where it was like do you want to try squats and I was like yeah that's easy and then I did like 40 of them and I was like oh no yeah no mine <laughs> Dude, squats is like, are hard yeah, yeah mine the chair pose it's like put your arms above your head and I'm like oh no <laughs> like, yeah like, and it it kind of knows doesn't work yeah it, like it knows where you it's really interesting yeah. how well I mean, we talked about this game a little bit mm-hmm. when it launched, but like, I'm, I'm really impressed with just how smart it is. Mm-hmm. Like it really knows like what, what, what you're doing and where. So yeah, it's a really good game. So what are your impressions on Pokemon so far? Both I like, you, right? I like it, but I'm not nearly far enough to really make like an assertion. Okay. Yeah. I want to keep going. Cool. Uh, yeah. What are you playing, Tom? 
Uh, I've been playing, I've been, this week I've been juggling, in the weekend I've been juggling, uh, Jedi Fallen Order and, which is not on a Switch, sadly, um, and Pokemon, and then before that and kind of interspersed, I've also been on Luigi's Mansion 3, because I haven't been on the show in like a month, Mm -hmm. which is why my beard is going out of control, as you can see. Is is this the only reason you ever, like, take care of yourself? Yeah, I only shave for NBC. You know what, me too. Uh, no, it's just, it's got a life of its own. It's going to like get possessed by a human soul and turn into a Pokemon. That it, sounds like a good backstory for one. Is it November? Isn't it like no shave November? Yeah, but I haven't That's shaved. Fine. I haven't shaved since like, I want to say September, Shh, man. It's been, it's bad. Really? Anyway, yeah. Everyone listening is like, I don't know. You sound the same, but it's, <laughs> it's bad. Um, no. So I've been, I was playing Luigi's Mansion a lot while I was on vacation, which was really fun. Um, I'm liking that game a lot. But I'm also a tad disappointed generally with it. Not not in the game itself. I think it's a fantastic game, right? It is not what I wanted, which was a return to form of Luigi's Mansion 1, mm. right? It is, it is still sort of not literally level-based like 2 was, but it is sort of each floor is it's right. mostly its own thing. You go through beginning to end. You get a button. You go to the next floor. Um one of the things I really, really loved about Luigi's Mansion 1 that I think has been lost in the sequels, not saying those are worse because of it, just it's a different sort of path that this series went on, was the fact that it was very, uh, this is an overused term, but Metroidvania, you the, the mansion in Luigi's Mansion 1 felt very tight-knit, yeah. and it felt very claustrophobic in a good way right where you're like really exploring this place and like getting into a new hallway with a new wing was like really exciting and you'd find locked doors a lot and you were like oh i guess i just can't come get through this until later whereas anytime or most of the times you find a locked door in luigi mansion 3 you just got to go find the key and then you open it um which again not worse just different Mm -hmm. and i was hoping that this one was going to be sort of a return to that walking around, finding where to go, lighting up the rooms one by one. I really liked that mechanic in the first game. Um, so I've been having a lot of fun with it. It's just been a little bit different than what I was hoping. But not, again, mm-hmm. not bad, just different. Right. Um, and yeah, and then I've been playing Pokemon. I'm only, I'm like eight hours in and I'm, I've been enjoying it a lot. And just, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's been cool to see that and have it in my hands mm-hmm. after so long. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because I didn't play Let's Go. So I... I, it's been a while since yeah. I've, the last Pokemon game I played was, I think, Sun and Moon. Like, I didn't do Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon yeah. either. So, yeah. And I wanted to give a quick shout out while we're talking about games we're playing to um, some fans from the uh, NC- NBC podcast forums on Facebook. Because yesterday, Janet and I set off to capture all of the new Pokemon in Sword and Shield so we can make a video and there are a couple of Pokemon that are like incredibly hard to get under very certain circumstances. And to do that all within an hour or two was basically impossible. So without you guys, this video would not have happened to the caliber that we wanted to. So Jesse Graham, Joffrey Ramon, or Ramon, sorry, and Luis F. Rodriguez Otero, thank you for trading us an Ice Cube, Pinkhurn, Corsola, and Obstagoon. We super appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, Obstagoon is a great name, by the way. It's silly as hell. <laughs> so Obstagoon, you have to, I don't even know the exact parameters you have to do to evolve this thing, but it has something to do with battling Linoon in about 50 battles and then leveling it up. 
and then it will maybe evolve into an obstacle. And maybe it happens faster at night. I don't know. It's something I haven't tested yet because, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of parameters. And then Pinker and Ice U were just really low catch rate Pokemon. And Corsola shows up in this one particular spot in the wild area for shield users while it's overcast with a 5% chance. That's insane. And cool. neither of us had overcast weather that day, so we could not catch that the Pokemon yesterday. So thank you guys again. But it's San Francisco. It wasn't overcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. And, nice um, work. We'll have time for one question block question. Um, this one is from Adam Casamenta, and he says, Hey guys, love the show, and all you guys keep the great work. I was wondering what you think the lack of support for Mario Party on Switch by Nintendo. A game like that has a massive audience and has sold millions of copies. In an era where games as a service is the norm and a game like Super Smash Bros. gets constant updates, why are we still playing on four honestly boring Mario Party maps? I personally would pay a fee similar to that of the Fighters Pack, which I also have paid for, if it meant every six months or so we get a new Mario Party map. I mean, how hard could it be? Thanks for all the laughs and great times. Remember to get the thing. That's uh, a really good question. I mean... Uh- yeah, what were we going to say? Well, if I may, I would say, Adam, I think you hit the nail on the head because I feel very similarly. Real quick, I do want to say, how hard could it be? Very hard. Never yeah. never underestimate how difficult game development is. Never underestimate how long it takes, all that stuff. It, this, I, I 100% agree. I think that them not supporting Mario Party with stuff like a DLC pack or updates or anything like that is a massive, massive missed opportunity because, like you said... I think the core of Super Mario Party was really good and the maps were just kind of like eh and like didn't make you want to replay them again and again and again, especially when there were only four and we didn't get any new ones. So I totally agree with that. But yeah, it is, it's probably a lot of work and they probably somebody internally did the math on whether that would kind of cold hard calculations of whether that would pay off. Yeah, it's interesting though because I mean like like he says, and they did sell millions of copies of that game. So you would think they would be able to justify developing something for it. That's yeah. also the kind of thing that like, that gives the game a boost in sales. It makes us return to it. It pulls it back into the conversation. Uh, bigger question for this year is Mario Maker. Mario Maker 2, very similar thing happened. Nintendo... Really hope it doesn't go the same way. Yeah, Nintendo kind of just... Um, I don't I don't think they abandoned support because it's they haven't outright said we're done creating stuff for mm-hmm. it. But that's a game that like shipped with a bunch of blank spaces for where new content could go. And then it just didn't. And so I think that like... I think honestly, like when we're all recapping the end of the year and being like, what worked, what didn't, what did we like, what didn't we like, uh, Mario Maker, I think is going to slip through a lot of cracks because people kind of dropped that game and it wasn't really a big reason to go back to it. And it's really interesting and weird when you look at Nintendo's track record and you think like, okay, well, they supported Smash Bros. really well with DLC. They've sp- supported Splatoon really well with live events. Zelda had stuff. They Yeah, Zelda had some small DLC packs, or not small, but, you know, like a couple of mm-hmm. those DLC packs. Uh, even like Mario Tennis Aces had like a a few DLC characters here and there. Like they and, actually did update and Mario that game. Party didn't get anything. Mario Party and Mario right. Maker haven't gotten anything. And neither did uh Sunshine. Or yeah. I mean um Odyssey. Sunshine. Sunshine, Sunshine yeah, also. Like, oh, yeah. no. but, Technically <laughs> that's true. Patch my I, GameCube disc. I feel like at this point we're not going to see anything from Mario Party. I, I think, think so too. And, and I'm sad. super disappointed about that because I love I love yep. Mario Party and playing those maps and thinking about what they used to be like in, in Mario Party Two, like those maps were almost infinitely replayable. Mm-hmm. Um and these are just feel a lot more small and contained, and even though the gimmicks make them more diverse in that way the the theme the thematics 
isn't really there to yeah. make it as interesting. And, and I really wanted to see more. It's just real disappointing because it really like it really was a game primed for that. Like mm-hmm. both what like Adam and you guys have said, it, it was a game that very, very easily could have found a lot of new life and a lot of success and a lot of uh, like added value through even paid DLC. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't. Yeah. And we just kind of got silence and that's a yeah. super big bummer. Weirdly, the last time we all collectively talked about Mario Party was when the Switch Lite launched and we talked about how you couldn't really play Mario Party on the Switch Lite. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, well, hopefully something's coming soon. Womp womp. Or thwomp thwomp. Thwomp thwomp. <laughs> <laughs> so that is about all we have for you guys this week for NVC, IGN's Nintendo Podcast, Nintendo Voice Chat. Remember, you can always watch us on YouTube or IGN.com or listen to us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify at 3 p.m. every Thursday. Uh, I was your host, Casey DeFritis, here with Brian Altano and Tom Marks and Janet Garcia, who had to leave us a little bit early. But thank you so much for watching. And remember, this is the only place you can get the thing. <laughs>